Hi, everyone. My name's Kim. I'm an alcoholic. I am um, honored to be speaking at a meeting. I'm honored to be speaking at any AA meeting, frankly, um, because I'm sober because of it. Um, okay. My father was an alcoholic, um, a very highly functioning alcoholic. He was an engineer for the Los Alamos Scientific Laboratories, and that's where I grew up, was in Los Alamos. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's where the bomb was developed and tested and stuff. It's it's very scientific community. Um, my mother was a teacher and a terrific enabler and codependent. Um, so I grew up in a a family that from the outside looked great and from the inside was a complete mess. I didn't start drinking till I was 17. Um, I mean, I think at 16, I had a few drinks, but it wasn't really anything. But at 17, I left home and you know, went to work. And at that point, I started drinking. And um, my drinking became more something more and more that I depended on until by the time I was in my mid-20s or so, I, I drank every day. I, I drank alone in my room. Um, I couldn't afford bars and I didn't, and I'm, I don't know about shy, but I, I really preferred just drinking somewhere when I could just get as fucked up as I wanted to and nobody was going to notice or say anything. So I did a lot of drinking in my room at home. Um, I knew my dad was an alcoholic and I had been reading about alcoholism. And uh, one day when I was 26 or 27, I never can remember exactly. Um, I was reading a book that's a, a wonderful book that I would highly recommend to people called The Cracker Factory. Uh, this was a long time ago because I'm 67 now. So it was published, you know, more than 40 years ago. Um, but it's a book about a woman who's an alcoholic and who's and she's talking about being an alcoholic. And I was sitting in my room reading this book, crying. And then it suddenly hit me. Oh, my God, I'm an alcoholic. This woman is saying if she can't not drink, she's an alcoholic. And that's me. And because my dad was an alcoholic, because I thought about these things a lot, I immediately called AA. I was living in San Francisco and the person on the line directed me to my first meeting. Um, I stopped drinking. I, I loved going to AA meetings. At the time in San Francisco, at the time, all the meetings I went to were speaker meetings. I don't know if that was actually true that all meetings were speaker meetings, but I never got to one that wasn't. There was one place in particular I like to go called the Dry Dock for anybody who's been for, to San Francisco. Um, and I loved not drinking, and I I didn't have uh, cravings. I, it was it was really something I just needed to go to meetings and hear people talk about how good it was not to drink. And I didn't drink. I did not read the literature. I did not read the pamphlets. I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't know what a sponsor was. I didn't do service. I couldn't really figure that out either. I just went to meetings and listened to people. And I stayed very happily sober for 17 years, 17 years. Well. We moved to Sonoma County um, after I'd been about 15 years sober, maybe 16. And um, I went to meetings and I really hated them. Um, it wasn't like anything I'd ever been to. They all felt like I was in church. 
um, people talking about how God helped them and how God would help me and how I had to have God. And real honestly, I had no idea that AA meetings could be like that. So I tried several and then I stopped going to meetings. I had basically been an atheist all my life. I mean, my family were lapsed Unitarians. So that's about as unreligious as you could get, right? Um, so I stopped going to meetings and I started drinking within a year. And it took me another 10 to 11 years to stop. Um, I would stop for a while and then I'd start again. I, like I stopped, I, I stopped for five years and then I started again. And then I stopped for three years and then I started again. And I stopped for a year and a half. And after that, it was like, okay, I could get in a few months. Oh, maybe I can get in a few weeks. Gosh, if I'm lucky, I can get in a few days of sobriety. And pretty soon there was no sobriety for me. So I had to go back to AA. I didn't have any choice for myself. I was very unhappy. So I did. And luckily, the first meeting I went back to, there was an older woman who was listening to people talk. And then she said, well, I don't believe in God. But this is the way I interpret this. And this is the way I use this in my life. And this is what works for me. And oh, wow, I just grabbed her after the meeting. And I said, I, I need to hear more of this. This is, this is really what I need. The interesting part to me was how hard it was to quit that time. When, I, when it had been a snap, when I stopped in my 20s. You know, and when I had this wonderful sobriety where I wasn't, I didn't have cravings or anything. I had physical cravings for eight months when I quit the second time. I'm talking about punch in the stomach. I don't know if I can take this. Every single day I craved alcohol. It was the opposite of my first experience. Um, so I started I, I thought, well, I'm just going to have to do everything they say, because what I was doing before didn't work. So I started reading the literature and reading the pamphlets and doing service. And I got a sponsor. Um, about that time, about six, well, not even no, before I even became sober, an, an atheist meeting started in Sonoma County. And I started going to that. And that's where I found my first sponsor. Um, I would call him up when I had these cravings and he'd say, well, okay, so you're having your cravings. So what? Don't drink, you know, get over it. He was, he was wonderful. It, it really is like, if you don't drink, it'll pass. And I just kept not drinking and not drinking until I realized it had been a few days since I'd have a craving. Well, that was about 10 years ago. I haven't had a drink, but I still have cravings. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how different my sobriety is the second time than it was the first time. I, I have to work a program. I have to really think about the steps and, and think about my behavior and think about things that drive me to things that spur me to want to drink. Um, and you know, it's some people say they can't stand to be around alcohol that that's going to spur them. Not me. I, I, I can be around alcohol. That doesn't do it. It's my feelings that trigger me. 
and learning to manage my feelings and handle my feelings has been the hardest part to learn to sit through them and deal with them and feel them and not drink over them. Um, I mean, everybody has a lot to their story. I feel like I wasn't, I was I never had a DUI. I didn't, I didn't lose a job over it. Although I probably came close a few times. I missed a lot of work because of it. Um, but I was like my dad, I was fairly high functioning. Um, but it was still ruining my life. I, you don't have to live under a bridge to have your life ruined with alcohol. I was a mess. I could not deal with anything. I couldn't. And I especially, I was just really um, withdrew from the world as much as possible. I don't know what else to say, really. Um, I am... I don't like the religiosity in AA, but I couldn't be sober without AA. I, I tried it. I couldn't do it. It was very helpful to find meetings that were for people like me who don't believe in mythology, don't believe in magic. Um, but I do believe very strongly in, I guess you could say spirituality. I think of spirituality as being something that is of the human spirit, not of a godlike spirit. Um, and I think we all have, ex I mean, I think anyone who doesn't have serious mental health issues has a higher self inside them who actually knows right from wrong. And that's what I have tried to listen to. Um, I fail a lot, but, you know, after all those years of sobriety and those years of drinking, I feel like more and more I get things right. Um, I don't know how much longer I have left, but I hope that that, that trend continues and that I stay sober because my sober life is worth so much more than any drinking life I possibly could have had. Um, that's not much. That's my story. It's not dramatic, but it's, it's heartfelt. I, you know, alcohol was a little, little imp that sat on my shoulder and said to my ear, Hey kid, come here. I got some candy for you. Don't listen to your parents when they say don't buy candy. Come on. I got some nice candy. And it's never gone. It's never going to be gone. I just can't listen to it. Um, I said this in another meeting. I have to remember, my parents always told me, don't take candy from strangers. And to me, that's now translated as don't drink alcohol because it'll screw me up. So I would love to hear from the rest of you. Um, I like to hear, I mean, if, if you want a topic, I love to hear about what kind of so-called tools people use for their sobriety, because in my first 17 years, I didn't have to use them. In these last seven years, 11 years, they've become extremely important to me. That when I when I have a a physical feeling, even that I know is set off by emotions, I know that I'm in danger of drinking. And I start to read more or I call somebody or I do something. I, I, I have to be really proactive 
And that's the way I use my tools um, is by trying not to let me, myself get to the point where I will lose my desire to stay sober because that's what, that's what keeps me sober is my desire for it. And coming to AA meetings and being around all you people, being around people who all really want to stop drinking and all have real problems with it. <laughs> that, you know, those two things combined is what make us alcoholics. And being with all these people who want to not drink encourages me tremendously to be a part of that community. So um, I want to thank you all very much for being here. As I say, I, I would love to hear from you guys, anything relating to your sobriety, talking about how you deal with cravings, if any of you still have cravings, <laughs> um, is also really helpful to me. And early, the other thing I have, I just want to say, I love it in AA when people who are newly sober speak, because they remind me of what it was like. And sometimes I need that reminder so badly. I need to remember how awful it was to hide my drinking, how awful it was to sneak bottles out of the house, how awful it was to throw up in private so nobody would know how sick I was. It would, you know, um, I love hearing from newcomers and I, and I encourage them to speak every bit as much as, as old timers because what they have to say is extremely important for me. So... Thanks a lot, everybody. Appreciate being here.